0: The two things that are holding teachers back, particularly if we look at the junior through intermediate and secondary grades, from my point of view, based on uh, innumerable days, hours with teachers in classrooms, in conversation. One, habit, routine, what we've always done. But perhaps more fundamentally, uh, while there are some great strengths with respect to our assessment policy, and I'm not only talking mathematics here, I'm talking our our growing success policy uh, across uh, uh, all subject areas, of course, Um, is the continued message to teachers, particularly in grade seven through 12, that anything that can be taught can be quantified. Um, In particular, quantified ultimately with respect to a 100 point scale. That fact of the Ontario assessment policy, from my point of view, is holding teachers back from engaging in best practice more than anything else because the notion that I ultimately have to express student learning according to a hundred point scale just sets in motion, speaking of bad backward planning, if ultimately I have to get to a 100 point scale, then everything I do working backwards from that will be predicated on enabling me to get there. So for example, I need to test everything using a multiple of 10 would be one example. And yet we have in growing success, we have in Ontario the tools in our policy, in our curriculum documents, to truly move away from a norm reference model. Because a 100-point scale is wonderful for ranking kids one against another. 100 points it's wonderful if you want to rank kids to have 100 points on which to do it. And then you can talk about, well, this student is one percentage better than that student. But then throw into the mix our Ontario Achievement Chart, which identifies four levels of qualitative demonstration of skills and understanding. From my point of view, a fabulous shift in practice. So for example, in the mathematics classroom, teachers understanding that the most important mathematical learning involves deep complex thinking, problem solving, creativity, analysis. I mean the curriculum is immensely rich in terms of identifying the depth of learning that needs to occur. But if teachers are constrained by, and and with uh, understandably feeling that they're constrained by, uh, that 100 point measure, then a lot of the good practice, the qualitative assessment, which is what has to happen. If a student's problem solving deeply, And we know how complex that is. Have I read the problem? Do I understand the problem? Do I know what's given and what I have to find out? Have I got multiple ways of approaching this problem? If I try strategy one and it doesn't work, do I know to go to strategy two? Having done all of that, have I solved the problem? How do I know if I solved the problem? How do I communicate my solution to a variety of audiences? That's incredibly rich learning. And along with that, of course, is the mathematical understanding, uh, uh, the procedural correctness, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I can't score that out of 100, but I can describe each component of the problem-solving process according to a four-point scale, with level four, meaning excellence. Not just proficient, but but insightful, and uh, perhaps creative, a creative solution, right down to at level one. It's not a failing performance but the student is showing some evidence of everything I'm looking for. Those kinds of rich descriptions according to observable indicators are happening in a lot of our mathematics classrooms. Now we go to parents and we talk about the resistance and I do hear arguments, well we would get rid of the percentage scale but parents demand them and universities demand them. Well it's interesting because that's not my experience. I do numerous parent sessions each year where I spend maybe an hour talking to them after, after dinner about what's changed in assessment. And they're really grateful to hear what's changed. And g- give, me, give me 20 minutes with parents, and they will end up, rather than arguing for the percentage scale, they will say, this makes sense. So rather than ranking my child against other children in the room, you're actually talking about rating their performance according to a public scale. I get that. So what's with the percentages? Parents understand this when what's changed is presented in a way that that makes sense to them. And with respect to the university issue, again, that's a non-starter. How come the most highly respected or one, two of the most highly respected grading systems around the world are international baccalaureate and advanced placement, which don't use percentages? So it's just not true. The issue of what practices are holding us back, um, fundamentally, there is a problem with, with um, the policy, which is absolutely fixable. Um, in the meantime, there are some teachers in mathematics doing some wonderfully thoughtful, insightful things around the problems with the 50-point scale teachers in Ottawa Carleton I've been working with have said okay so as long as fifty percent is the cut point for pass fail how can we guarantee to teachers, parents and most importantly students that their fifty percent represents something meaningful, i.e. it's not okay if you excel in two of the four achievement categories and blow the other two. So what these teachers have done is to entirely revamp their assessment plans to say that by definition a grade of 50% means students have demonstrated the minimum level, level one, on all of the overall expectations across all four achievement categories. Now that's not great, but what that does mean is that that 50% means there are no massive gaps which are going to haunt the student in the next grade.